you know, my parents, they brought their culture with them. Right. And they might not necessarily have picked up Western influences or integrated um, because they didn't go to school here. They don't understand the system. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it can be a bit messy trying to balance two or three identities and you can often feel like you're in the middle feel very torn because you don't want to reject one identity over the other and I guess when it comes to western influences like it's deemed as very cool I suppose and you know it's a cool thing to do and you fit in and you belong and I think blinded by the light kind of demonstrated that it was all about belonging and being accepted and just being able to like what you want to be able to like without getting told off for it, I guess, Mm -hmm. or or that you're rejecting anything else. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, but joining me today, we are kind of taking a road away from Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I'm sure he will come up because he always does, but I have a fellow podcaster, uh, one of my UK friends. So once again, I'm drinking morning coffee. She may be drinking afternoon tea. Uh, and we are ready to talk. So, Kalsima, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hi, Jesse. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to take part in today's conversation, being a fellow podcaster and a lover of music. Yeah, I love it. It was uh, you are only the second person that has reached out to me via LinkedIn. You know, most of my guests I get via Twitter or you know someone connects, but. Uh, I just thought it was great, you know, in LinkedIn, you know, you've got your stuffy old business and most of the emails you get are people like my job is running a call center. So I, most of my emails are about, hey, do you want to hear about our new technology? <laughs> or, hey, I run a staffing agency. Do you need to hire people? And so it was really nice to get a message from you like, oh, I'm a podcaster, too. Would you want to visit? <laughs> I know, right? LinkedIn is so stuffy and it's very salesy. So, I mean, I think since joining that podcasting group, I was surprised how many podcasters were on LinkedIn and that there was a group dedicated to that. So it was very refreshing to connect with you. It was. And I'm I'm hoping maybe in this year we can be a little more, um, I'd love to exchange guests like you and I are doing, maybe exchange reviews you know, kind of listen to something and give constructive criticism, because I know I could make my podcast better. Um, As you said, it's a labor of love for us. We just Mm. do this because it's fun. Mm. Well, absolutely. So tell us a little about yourself, Kalsima. Yeah, sure. So I'm, I am from Greater London. I work in bereavement, uh, which might seem all doom and gloom, but you know, a death is one thing we all have in common. Um, I'm a fellow podcaster as well. My podcast is very much about grief from the perspective of the diaspora. Uh, I love writing and I love anything audio and radio. I grew up to the radio, the sound of the radio. And yeah, just, 
you know, being a greater London girl, but also, you know, my background, I have a dual identity. My parents are of Bangladeshi origin. Um, so they came to the UK in the 50s in the wake of the Second World War to, to rebuild Britain um, when the British were, well, the British were everywhere, let's be real here. So they were in India. Um, and so the Commonwealth pretty much rebuilt the UK and it is what it is because of the Commonwealth countries. So that's kind of how, you know, my background and um, why I was born and bred in the UK because my parents were part of that wave of migration. Um, so I kind of hold a dual identity, you know, I speak Bengali fluently, um, went, you know, born and bred in Britain and went to a British school, have a lot of British influences, but also have a, a traditional Bengali side to me as well. Um, so yeah sometimes messy sometimes a good thing you know um, I um, there was a film out um, year before last called Blinded by the Light which was based on a true story okay yes Um, and I ended up reading the book and the book was yes certainly about Bruce but the book was a lot about um, the writer coming to terms of being Pakistani and British Mm. you know that you know he is both mm. um and so i hear the same thing from you right that you you and you know, i think that's the u.s the u.s has that common a lot you will feel people that you know feel like they're irish and american you know they they have they're proud of their italian roots and of course they're uh american uh so i i think that's a kind of fun story and and i bet that does get messy sometimes Oh, yeah. And I mean, I've seen Blinded by the Light. And I think so many of us that have dual identity related to it, because it it can be, you know, my parents, they brought their culture with them. Right. And they might not necessarily have picked up Western influences or integrated um, because they didn't go to school here. They don't understand the system. Um, So, yeah, sometimes it can be a bit messy trying to balance two or three identities and you can often feel like you're in the middle feel very torn because you don't want to reject one identity over the other and I guess when it comes to western influences like it's deemed as very cool I suppose and you know it's a cool thing to do and you fit in and you belong and I think blinded by the light kind of demonstrated that it was all about belonging and being accepted and just being able to like what you want to be able to like without getting told off for it, I guess, mm-hmm. or, or that you're rejecting anything else. Yeah, I agree. And of course, obviously being such a Springsteen fan, I, when I saw the first preview, I loved it. And I played the preview at an office. We were doing a meeting and um, they joked, like I would go to the, like, you're going to go to see that movie a dozen times, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and so uh, I, I, I love that passion and um and I'm glad to know that um you know it 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 spoke to you from your background too that you know it's different but similar yeah well I you're already brought this up but I always like to go to the beginning so first off before I get to that how are you doing during this crazy pandemic Oh my gosh, Jesse! I'm so glad you asked me this question because I I think we do need to talk about it don't we yes it's, it's crazy times so like for me a year ago this was before the lockdown um my dad died suddenly okay um just 
before we all went into the lockdown at the end of January. And so I spent most of 2020 grieving in a lockdown. When I got sent home, it was like I was, you know, when people get sacked, they get a box and you have to put everything in a box. Right. Well, literally, I emptied my desk and put it in a box, not because I was mm-hmm. getting sacked, because we yeah. had to work from home. And so for me, it came at a really good time because my dad had just died. And, you know, I don't know what compassionate leave is like in the UK, but uh, something that I talk about a lot on my own podcast is that it needs to get better. And I feel like this coronavirus and the pandemic has really proved that actually we need to take time out for peace for love, for time with our family to process, you know, all these deaths and just the, the, the fragility of life, really, how fragile life really is. And, and for me, if I hadn't been sent home, like in a way, there's a silver lining in the lockdown for me. And I know that sounds strange because for so many people, the lockdown and working from home was not, it was not a silver lining. But yeah. for me, it really was because I was so close to my father and I really just didn't want to go back to work within three days to be like oh you know I'm over it and people just sort of um, beating around the bush it's like a British saying you know being awkward kind of walking on eggshells and stuff I I just don't really like that office politics side of things um and for me to be work to work from home have my own time and space it's been really good for me but then equally on the flip side when you go outside and you see people not wearing masks well, that's a bit crazy. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Do you know what's going on? <laughs> Do, um, so we have a fair amount of people here in the U.S. and and I will blame it on our former president. You know, he, you know, he said I'm not going to wear a mask, and they made it a political issue instead of a health issue. Like this is mm-hmm. not, um, you know, and and a lot of people try to push it. Well, like you shouldn't you shouldn't have to make me wear a helmet if I'm riding a motorbike. Like, okay, but you can only hurt yourself. Like if you crash with not wearing a helmet, you're only going to hurt yourself. Uh, not wearing a mask, you're putting other people at risk. And and just it's just the decent, kind thing to do. Absolutely. We're all in the same, same ship here. Doesn't matter how much money you got, how rich you are. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all in the same box right now. So I find that whole thing really, really crazy. It's almost like people think they're immune to this virus. Mm. And that's why they think it's okay to not wear a mask. And I think it's even more disturbing when you see that those, that some of the people that I've seen where I live in suburban London, because, you know, I live near the Grand Union Canal, so it is a little bit green and very nature. Yeah. Um, their kids are, you know, they're just walking around with their kids as well. And I'm like, protect your children. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, we did. I, I do think it's crazy. And, and, you know, I was lucky enough that I had started a new job in January or February. We mm-hmm. locked down in March. We spent two months working from home. We went back into the office uh, toward May, and I've been in the office ever since. But uh, you know, we're you know every day. I'm met at the door with someone taking my temperature. We ask all the questions. Uh, you know, we we are trying to be as safe as we can, and it it just does. Um, I went home to Louisiana. That's where my mom still lives. Mm. And like half the people were just wandering around a Home Depot without a mask. And you're just looking oh. like, what are you doing? Like, what, 
what why how could you do this so yeah i i i am glad you had the time you know and the other point i wanted to make is um i think across the board and i don't know what the right answer is but i know the right the correct answer isn't hey you've lost your mom you've lost your dad you've lost your spouse here's three days use them as you need you know um and i realize a business is a business and it may take you two weeks to grieve and you know how do they let you off all that time but there seems to be something else we should be able to do right Mm, absolutely I think mental health in the workplace we don't um, invest in it enough I, I don't know what it's like in the US but I know in the UK it's really really bad and we we really need to start educating ourselves on what that really means what the implications mm-hmm. are if you want to retain staff uh, it's in your best interest as a company because we've invested that time invest in our well-being I don't think that that's asking for much I think that's just acknowledging that we're not robots we're all human beings and look at us now in this pandemic we're Mm -hmm. we're all feeling it so yeah we are so please give you know please just give some compassionate leave um I, I just I can't get my head around how we're just treated as like commodities you know yeah. it's just business I absolutely agree well, I am glad. Uh, I am sorry about your father's loss. I, I know that, uh, but I will give you the words of um, Bruce Springsteen uh, <laughs> because obviously do. Uh, in uh, 2012, um, Clarence Clemens, the saxophone player, had died. Mm. And a, a few years before that, Danny Federici, who was the organ player, had died. They were both original members of the E Street Band. Mm. And so they were touring for the first time without both of them. And uh, there is a song called My City of Ruin. And mm-hmm. in the middle of it, you know, Bruce stopped and said, are we missing anyone? You know, and people started mm-hmm. screaming, are we missing anyone? You know, oh, gosh. and he said, well, I want you to know if we're here and you're there, they're here. Yeah. And I just, I, I, when I heard that, I brought tears to me because I've lost, you know, I've lost my grandparents. I've lost, you know, my, my father, my stepfather, uh, who I was adored both. And, you know, when you're there at that family gathering mm. pre-COVID, you know, when you mm. would have, you know, a dozen, all these friends around with, you know, food and laughter they would they would be there you know they you would miss them but you're like if we're here and you're here they're here it just did that brought comfort to me so he's always with you oh yeah absolutely he's what doesn't matter where I am in life Jesse he is beside me he is right next to me honestly I, Mm -hmm. I completely believe that absolutely all right so let's go back you're being raised your your family has immigrated here you talked about the radio was on all the time so Mm. were they fans of music or did you just find music on your own well this is an interesting story right so obviously my parents are Bengali so they brought Bengali music with them but if you're going to a British school and you're with British English children you know, you are kind of like the other and you are different and you don't want to be different. So you want to fit in. And and it's always like that when you've got dual identity. So my music influences and anything to do with popular culture comes from my siblings. Um, We have very big age gaps. They are like 10, 15 years older than me. Okay. And 
what I often just mirrored what they like and so it's whatever my older sister was listening to so my sister just loved listening to the radio she loved the carpenters you know um she used to enter all these music competitions and we used to watch top of the pops all the time without fail on a Friday you know coming from a working class family couldn't really afford a to do a lot in terms of fun um so tv and radio was kind of like our fun time Uh, and it was just absorbing just all the different artists and different genres of music so that's kind of how I really got into music because of my my sister and my brothers who all loved music and you know they would buy vinyl and they would buy tapes because they had part-time jobs in supermarkets at the time. And so I just sort of mirrored them. And I think that's where my musical taste comes from. You know, Kalsima, I have to tell you that that is a story I hear often on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, siblings are a huge influence one way or the other. Either mm-hmm. you're the oldest and you are influencing your younger brothers and sisters, or you're younger and you either learn to love the music they love or sometimes there's a rebellion where like you know the older siblings may like some kind of music and you tend to go to a different genre like you you might find punk or reggae or Mm. you know blues that your you know your other was into more classic rock and roll or vice versa so that's interesting um as you started going what you you said you loved 80s music yeah. When we talked about, talk to me a little bit about that. Right. So um, I was born in the 80s. I kind of, my first part of my primary school age was the 80s and very early 90s. And for me, you know, my, one of my earliest memories is that my, both of my older sisters threw a Madonna party for me on my ninth birthday party. <laughs> and I don't actually, I didn't know if that was, um, I don't know if a Madonna party is a thing, but I'm realizing now in popular culture, when they go back in time, a Madonna party was a thing. But I didn't yes. know that until recently. But, yes. But clearly my older siblings knew because that was a time that they were living. I just didn't know. So that, so they threw me this massive Madonna party because she was so in then, 80s Madonna. Sure. Um, and I just remember listening to Holiday and Lucky Star and Into the Groove and, you know, doing musical chairs and parcel parcel with all my primary school friends <laughs> and everyone just running around and trashing the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's like one of my oldest memories. And then maybe that's why I love Madonna in the 80s. I don't know about so much now, but I just particularly like her music in the 80s because that was the sound of my childhood. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you've, for me, I didn't have many birthday parties, but that was one of my happiest, happiest memories. And so I always attach 80s Madonna to to my birthday party and just a very happy time that, you know, you can never really go back, can you? It's not like no. you have time travel, so. But, you know, when, but, and I joke about that in a lot of ways, music is a TARDIS. You know, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, right? And you hear mm. that material girl or something, you you do in your mind go back to that time. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Uh, other bands besides Madonna that you loved? Oh, my gosh. There's so many. Like, and I usually, people usually 
take the mickey out of me when I say I love Duran Duran and I love Tears for Fears but they were the sound of the 80s and that's what my siblings were listening to so like for me Tears for Fears were an excellent band like everyone wants to rule the world I know it's really cheesy I guess I'm just like a really cheesy puff person but it's just the sound I it just takes me and transports me to a place that we'll never get back again because if you look at the times we're living now with technology and digital that was a different time that was pure that to me it was a pure innocent just happy with the simple things in life um so I guess Duran Duran Tears for Fears and also Mr Mister as well um was the other band that I really really liked but again I know people that are listening to this are gonna be like wow this girl is so cheesy no, I bet they're going to go, especially if they grew up at the same time as you did, they're going to go, yes, I love that band, you know, MTV and all this stuff. Um, were there any U.S. bands that you liked? I mean, Carpenters probably, because the story about the Carpenters is that my older sister had their album on tape okay. and she was obsessed with them and I didn't know who they were. But then, of course, I learned they're a duo from America, the 70s. Yeah. It's really tragic how Karen died of course absolutely um, but she was such a talent like absolutely her voice was just phenomenal and see the thing is I think the radio has a lot to do with it because the Carpenters did sing yesterday once more I think it is which is about the sound of the radio yeah. and how how the radio makes you feel but for, for me that's something that I got from my sister because she would just on repeat every weekend just on repeat play it and I didn't understand at the time, but now I kind of understand more. Was she sad? Was she just hooked by the, you know, the sounds that she found on the radio because there wasn't much else to do during that time or we couldn't afford to go to concerts? And just, you know, there were, she'd do little things like ring up the radio stations because they would have these Carpenters music competitions or other music competitions. But the Carpenters specifically, oh my God, she used to ring up, like she used to ring up my dad's phone bill because they're premium numbers, right? <laughs> and my dad, we used to, he'd just be like, why are there all these premium numbers? And of course, it's my sister calling the radio station because she wants to win something of the Carpenters or get on, get on and talk about how much she loves the Carpenters on radio. And <laughs> <laughs> she, and that's what I mean. She did that. It's hilarious because she would just stay in the line trying to get her voice heard. Right. And I think the sad thing is, I can't remember if she did ever get on the phone, like if she ever did get picked, mm -hmm. but she had to pay that back because she worked <laughs> in a supermarket part-time. My dad was like, you're paying that back. <laughs> and yeah, so like, I think that's probably one of my favorite bands because, you know, I've got all of their CDs and I that Yesterday Once More is probably probably my my favorite just because it is about the radio. And it makes you think of your sister and, oh, the, and the beauty of that radio, you know, that magic. Um, you know, I, I had a little AM clock radio next to my bed and that's, you know, you would listen to, you know, I didn't talk about, you didn't have this high, you know, high end, high fi you know, you just had this little that's clock it. radio that just played the music and, you know, okay. it was just something special for it. I, I totally get that. That's amazing. Yeah, I love the sound of the radio and I think that we there will be a certain generation that grew up to the radio. I know it's different now. Right. 
but there because you know we've got apps and you know all sorts of other things now yeah and spotify and whatnot but the sound of the radio is where i learned about music yeah and where i grew a taste for music and where i connected with the music and it will just always remind me of a time that i can never get back a good time i'm right there with you i'm right there with you um so I want to get off music just for a moment and yeah. talk to me about your podcast. How did you come up with this idea? And, and oh. what's the name of the podcast? Oh, sure. So uh, the name of my podcast is Bereavement Room. Uh, it was launched a year and a half ago. The backstory is that it was initially a deaf cafe. Uh, do you know what a deaf cafe is or should I give a quick snapshot? Please do. Uh, so so a, a deaf cafe, actually, I believe they're popular in the US. I think they started in Phoenix. Um, so deaf cafes is kind of like where you meet other people that have been bereaved in a group and you would share stories or you could listen if you want. And you have tea and coffee and cake and just listen and share stories of one another and connect over your loss. And, you know, it's very much being in sol- solidarity with one another because loss is such a you know, so it's a huge magnitude change in your life. Um, so initially it was a deaf cafe, but it was a deaf cafe for minoritized voices because in the UK, we don't often talk about deaf for various reasons, like being stigmatized in our communities or because of systemic racism or, or things like that. So I started this deaf cafe and then it just evolved into a podcast because I wanted to reach people, not just in London, but I wanted to reach people across the UK, like in Scotland, in Birmingham, in Manchester, you know, other cities and also America. And so I just decided that I'd scrap the Death Cafe because that's a face to face thing and make it a podcast. And so that's how Bereavement Room was born. And it it platforms the voices that you would never usually hear, hear from, where they talk about their various identities and their backgrounds and the experiences they've gone through at university when they've you know suffered loss um experiences they've gone through medical negligence um for others it's just being able to share their story for the first time and be heard because you know listening is underrated listening is a skill i don't think we listen enough i mean as human beings we can never really perfect our listening but my podcast is very much a listening platform and you can learn so much from people's experiences. And it's not all doom and gloom. I know death seems like a, people don't want to talk about that, do they? Until they have right. to face it. Absolutely. I was going to ask if, um, I, I'm sure there are episodes that are sadder than others, but I think there's, all, I'm sure there's got to be episodes where funny stories are shared and, and oh, laughter, yeah. you're right? Oh, oh my God, we're always laughing. Yeah. If we're not laughing, we're getting angry and then we're crying, but there's a yeah. lot of laughter and there's a lot of truth and it, mm. it, it and it isn't all misery. And the stories vary because, yeah, sure, grief is universal, but the narrative around bereavement is not. And we always end every episode with gratitude because not to find a silver lining, but because there's always something to be grateful for in our lives, right? Yes, I agree. Yeah, and it isn't all doom and gloom. And I, I would highly recommend people if they're interested in learning about different people and faiths and cultures, you know, it's a, a really great space to be in and it's not depressing, I promise you. Um, it might seem it, but it's not. No, I, and I think especially if you've gone through a loss, you know, hearing people sharing similar stories, uh, you know, Kalsima, is there a 
is there a universal or, or is there a, a, a overall theme that you hear often as people are sharing their stories? I, I think that's a really interesting question. And I, I guess, Jesse, what I've learned is that people need to be heard they they don't want to be fixed they don't want to be rescued they i think grievers just want someone that can listen without imposing or interjecting their own projections and i for me the the theme is that i've realized that all of my guests you know the biggest gift you can give is listening right to offer them a safe space because they may not have had it or if they have to be able to just at least you know, share their story again with the world with the hope to help someone. And the ongoing theme really of the podcast is to reach as many people as possible. Um, yeah, sh- sure, there's a message behind you're not alone. But I think essentially we all live it differently. So so grief is a lonely walk in the park. But it's just to know that other people are grieving and you can kind of be in that space and, and hear and share and be in solidarity with people. And for me, I think that the ongoing theme is just, you know, let, let's just listen to one another because we, we don't do it enough in our environments. And I honestly think mental health would come down if we listened more. Um, and, and that's really what I would say is the ongoing theme with everyone on the podcast because people come to me with murder stories suicide mm. child bereavement medical mm. negligence un, you know unknown causes of death sudden causes of death it's a variety of narratives um but i think identity is what pulls us in the fact that we're all minoritized and we've never been given the space to speak and particularly when it comes to counseling and psychotherapy everyone's got something to say about that uh, sure because counseling and psychotherapy is very much you know it is dominated by our white middle class females and if you're coming from dual identity you need someone that can relate to your culture and background without having to pay a hundred pounds for 50 minutes to explain what your culture and background is yeah absolutely you know um i also think it can be um depending on y- you know your your different faiths you know of your religious beliefs or non-religious beliefs mm. you know i i know that one of the things that um pen Gillette from the um pen and teller the magic act um has always been a very um vocal atheist and things that hurt him so much was well that's because you've never lost a parent once you've lost a parent you'll no longer be an atheist and he oh, was gosh. like what a what a horrible thing to say and by the way he has lost both his parents and his sister and um you know i I think that um i know that faith can be a big help for people but Mm -hmm. i also think that you know if you don't have a belief you still have to mourn and work things through well and Mm -hmm. people knowing not exactly what you're going through but something similar Mm -hmm. i do think that would be a very healthy and healing podcast Mm. oh yeah and it's been described as that by the guests um a lot of them have said i feel it was a catalyst in my healing process oh that's nice that's really nice yeah yeah so um i'll i'll share one of my favorite stories um when my father died Mm. um my mom asked me to speak at his funeral and so um 
I had to tell the story that my father could be very cranky and we were at a, uh, they were at a restaurant. I did not see this, but I've heard the story told by multiple people. So I know it's true. And, um, he was eating and, um, and he, he liked to drink his coffee almost cold. So the waitress came and topped off his coffee without talking to him. So now it was hot again. And he said, excuse me, could I get another cup of coffee? She goes, oh, I just filled up your coffee. No, no, no. Could I get a second cup of coffee? So she did. And she brought the second coffee. And he pointed to the new coffee and says, okay, this is your coffee. You can do whatever the hell you want to do with that coffee. This is my coffee. Leave it alone. Um, I felt so horrible for the waitress, but it was such a great story about, you know, the oddity of my father. And so um, I often tell that story just to talk about how how peculiar he could be and how grumpy. But, you know, I say it with a lot of love in my heart. So I'm sure you get stories like that in your podcast. Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, there's quirks, isn't it? Our loved ones all had their quirks. And it's funny that those are the things that we probably remember the most. And and that's what we laugh about. (laughs) Do you have a favorite? Do you have a a story that you love to tell about your father you'd want to share? Um, Oh, gosh, there's there's so many. Um, I guess because of the age that my dad was and the generation that he was, he was quite old school. And um, I guess this is something Bengalis would understand more so. There's these old school Bengali cussing words and and only the elderly, right? Only the elderly. It only sounds good when the elders say it. Our elders say it, not the younger generation. Right. And it was always funny and entertaining um, when my dad was in that mode because we, as our generation, wouldn't use those words because they're very old school words. Yeah. And I, I guess the, my, I laugh when I think of those cussing moments because it, it's just like a very Bengali thing. Yes, um, I imagine. Yeah. And I'm sure it correlates with all cultures and communities, um, wherever you're from. Right. And, and I, I think that makes me laugh the most because I can't share that anymore. I could only have that with my dad. I could only speak in Bangla with my dad and um although I could speak with my sisters and brothers they'll respond to me in English because they're annoying like that (laughs) (laughs) you know and and whereas with my dad um I think the funny stories are just speaking in Bengali and Mm -hmm. some I miss some of those cussing words and yeah there's there's so many I guess Mm -hmm. that I'm still processing things as a year down the line yeah um but he really was my best friend so there's, there's just so much, you know, so much. We'd watch telly together and, yeah, he was just, you know, he, he definitely liked his fried chicken, that was for sure. Okay. Yeah, he loved his food and loved his fried chicken. So, yeah, there's just there's just so many. But I think yeah. that the, the ones when it comes to Bengali dialogue, because it is so much about my identity, um it's so tied to my identity that now he's gone I mean when you've lost both set of parents right it's an end of an era an end of a end of a chapter and I think for me I'll never be able to speak Bengali with anyone in that same way again but because it's so humorous the language is a colloquial language it's humorous and it's funny and there's just 
there's certain words that I will not hear again. I would have only heard from my father's mouth. So, yeah, I think it's the cussing words. <laughs> I love that story. That is awesome. That is so wonderful. Yeah. So uh, what's next for the podcast? What do you plan to do next? Right. So I've just come to the end of two seasons, right, Jesse? And mm. I'm taking a break because there is a lot of emotional labor um, attached to it when you're hearing other people's stories, a lot of transference. Yes. And, you know, it took us from 2019 to 2020. Um, I raised money to fund season three because I just, you know, as we were saying earlier, we don't know about feedback, what people right. think if they're not leaving reviews. So I was just like, like, do you do you want a season three? Because I know I have an international listen, but do you want a season three? Because there's no point in me producing something if you don't want it. Yeah. Because I, I've kind of come to the end now. Mm-hmm. And and so people said, no, we definitely want a season three. They love it. They want a season three. They want me to continue doing this work. Um, so I raised a little bit of money to fund season three and some of the hosting cost sites. Oh, so, good. So, yeah. So that's really great news. That and is great news isn't it and it's good to have people behind you all of my support has come from strangers not the people in my environment weirdly I don't know if you get that but um yeah you do so you know the feeling I do know the feeling yeah I uh what's what's been lovely about me is um I have one family member that uh when I started a patron page um I don't want to embarrass her but she jumped on immediately to support and I don't even know if she listens to the podcast. She just loves me and wants to support me. But everyone else has been uh, through this community of other Springsteen fans and listeners that are just, we want to hear the stories. We want to hear people share their kind of why Bruce and other musicians, you know, have helped them through their life. And I, I believe that music is healing and, and mm. cathartic. And so that's why I do this. And that's yeah. why I thought this would be interesting to have you on because, you know, you're, you're sharing and listening is cathartic and, you know, similar to listening to music and sharing stories. So, yeah. Um, so yes, I absolutely know that feeling. Um, and we do this, you know, labor of love. We say that over and over again. It really is true. But, you know, you also don't want to shout out to an empty room. And if no That's one it. cares, well, then, okay, That's maybe it. maybe I need to move on. So, yeah, hearing from feedback is, a, is a very important. Oh, yeah, it's really valuable. Even the mm-hmm. constructive criticism stuff, yes. too. And, uh, and the next stage of that is that the third season starts at the beginning of summer. And I'll take everyone through the summer to autumn. How do you find your guests? Oh my God, I love my guests because I research them, obviously. Uh, I research them and I, there's a lot of planning that, that goes into it. But yeah, I feel like I've met so many people that I wouldn't have usually met had I not done this podcast. And we've all connected with something that we all have in common, that we've lost someone that we love and that we care about social justice. Um and I, I, I don't know, it's like we're a family. I call it the BR family. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, and, you know, because of COVID, we have, you know, people have lost, you know, a lot of people. So I, I think dealing with grief and working through that, I, I think this is wonderful work. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that we got to talk and I found your podcast. That's amazing. Uh, so Cal- Calcima, what else should I ask you that I haven't asked? 
Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's quite hard. I never, no one ever asked me that question. <laughs> it's quite refreshing to sit in this seat. Anything you want to know, I'm an open book and I, you know, I'm always happy to share. Okay. Well, good. Uh, well, all right. Uh, tell us how we can find your podcast and if they want to give you feedback, what's the best way? Uh, I know you're on Twitter, right? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. So, Bereavement Room, you can find it on all podcast platforms Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, wherever you like to listen to your podcast, you'll find it there. I'm on Instagram as well. The handle is at Bereavement Room. Also on Twitter, at Bereavement Room. And if you're interested in me, then my Twitter handle is at Kolsima Ali. And yeah, um, if you want to leave a review, if any of the episodes were interesting, please do leave the review on Apple Podcasts. I'd really appreciate it. I, I love hearing from people. My listeners always write to me and my DMs are open. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. All right. Um, so before I let you go, I gave you homework um, yeah. for the Mary question. So yeah. for those of you who, who um, let's say you're... Um, friends uh, fans of the bereavement room and that's why you're listening or you uh love calcima and that's why you're listening the merry question is this jay armstrong is an honors english teacher in the philadelphia area he just recently retired but when he every year his senior class would get together and they would spend two days breaking apart the springsteen song thunder road they would mm. listen to all the lyrics they would read they talk about the imagery um the themes that bruce is exploring and then at the end of the two days jay would ask the question do you think mary gets in the car at the end of the song so calcima that's your question does mary get in the car at the end of thunder road I feel like I've got two answers for this. That's okay. That's that's <laughs> perfectly acceptable. For, for context. Um, all right. I should probably say that I love Bruce Springsteen, but that's not my favorite track of his. I love the lyrics and the harmonica, but I don't know. I think the sound. Well, anyway, that's a, I'm not a music mogul. That's a production okay. issue. Okay. But in, in terms of did Mary get in the car, the last, three lines of that song I would like to think that she did in that era because that was the golden age of the American dream okay and I think I would like to think that she did because love is a risk right um and I think people did take risks back then but at the same time on a feminist perspective well if she didn't get in the car that's also okay because you know women we're out here for ourselves and doing it for ourselves and you know take your bra off and stuff like that so like I think it's okay if she didn't get in the car but me being the lover that I am like I'm a lover not a fighter yes and I've been I'm a sucker for it and I believe in that I really hope that she did get in the car because you know he he was he was saying that this town is full of losers and they can make their own dream and they can make their own happiness and there's something really pure about love something pure and innocent and i don't know how old mary was back then um i'm assuming she was quite young because that's what younger people used to do but i really hope she did take the risk because i know if i was mary I would have got in the car and I would have been to hell with this town of losers, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I hope that she did, but equally, if she didn't, I'm not going to hold it against her, but in terms of who I am, 
like we need more love in the world and honestly I think sometimes love is a risk and I I really like deep inside I hope she did get in the car and they did make a life of it I, I love that answer that's a great answer very good thank you thank you for sharing uh any final thoughts you want to share with the audience Oh, just like, you know, usually I'm always talking about grief and stuff, but I guess being a lover of music, growing up to radio, really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much for the opportunity to come here and kind of intersect with grief and music. I think that's so such a lovely meeting um, to have. And yeah, I just, I think music is wonderful. If it takes you back to somewhere, definitely spend time in music because, you know, we can really get bogged down with social media and doom scrolling and I think ever since you invited me onto your show about Bruce Springsteen you know it's made me want to kind of start listening to music more rather than doom scrolling on social media which can easily happen and you can easily get lost in it but yeah thanks to everyone for listening and thank you for having me. So I'm going to end with first off thank you so much for sharing and for fighting the good fight to help people get through their griefs. Um, Bruce just put out a new album at the end of 2020 called Letter to You. And the very last song is I'll See You in My Dreams. And the lyrics are, I'll see you in my dreams when all the summers have come to an end. I'll see you in my dreams. We'll meet and live and love again. I'll see you in my dreams yet up around the river bend for death is not the end. And I'll see you in my dreams I'll see you in my dreams. Oh my gosh, that's so serendipitous. <laughs> it is. Uh, and so I thought that was a perfect way to end the podcast. You have been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Listeners, you, please go check out her podcast. But remember to social distance. Remember to wash your hands. Remember to wear a mask. And let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. For now, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store, where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page, where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce.
Seth Lessing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Seth Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. All right. Thank you. Did you have fun? Oh, my God. I loved it. It was so fun. So fun. What an amazing idea. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Well, all right. Yeah. And so the song is I'll See You in My Dreams. So Google it and check it out. I think it, it is um, the the premise of the album, the, the initial thought of this is his first band was the Castiles. And uh, a couple of years ago, the last remaining member of the band, except for him, died oh okay yeah and so bruce realized he was the last man standing that's it yeah and it kind of led him to this the album is a very reflective of the people that he's lost and kind of a it's a review of his career it's a really i think if you check out the cd you will go wow this is all about grief and moving on so i think you'll love it my god that's crazy isn't it the timing of this podcast yes it is and it came out at the end of 2020. Yes. And I didn't know that. So, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm definitely going to look that up now. Um, but isn't that, like, really serendipitous? Quite... It is very serendipitous. That's what I was yeah. right. And, uh, you know, um, you know it, in fact, the song starts with, the road is long and seemingly without end. The days go on. I remember you, my friend. And though mm-hmm. you're gone and my heart's been empty as it seems, I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah, and grief dreams is something that I've been having a lot recently, so I can really relate to those lyrics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so please check it out and let me know. Uh, And after you listen to the album, if you have thoughts, reach out to me and we'll have you back on again and talk about the album, okay? Okay, that sounds brilliant. I'd love to do that. Thank you. All right, thank you. Have a great afternoon. I appreciate you. you. Bye-bye. You too. Take care, Jesse. Uh Bye-bye. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.